Welcome to PD Insider, the podcast edition. In each episode, we bring you conversations with experts in the law firm professional development community so that you can stay current on industry trends, topics, and innovations. In this episode, PLI's Craig Miller speaks with Kristen Uhlhulse of the Sturm College of Law. Kristen discusses the collaboration between law school faculty and legal employers to produce practice-ready graduates. Welcome, Kristen. We're pleased to see you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's an honor. It seems like you move rather nicely between two worlds, law school and private practice. Tell us how your background prepared you for a faculty position supervising externships. But first, if you could sort of explain for us and our audience how you define externships. Sure. So an externship is really a term of art, and it refers to a student having the ability to earn academic credit at a law school for practical legal work that they are completing in the field under supervision. And in an externship, a student is guided by two teachers. They have a field supervisor who is the practicing attorney supervising their actual legal work. And then they have a a faculty teacher, and that's who I am at the law school, uh, providing them with practice management techniques, navigational guidance, and reflective opportunities to really deepen what they are learning in the field through their legal work. In terms of your background then? Sure. So I am in my 17th year in this profession. And as you've noted, I've spent an equal amount of time in in law schools and in law firms. And it really all does culminate in this current position because the the common thread in the work that I have done is that I've been passionate about helping people find the right fit for them Uh, and also be successful in that role. And so I've been able to do that in law school career counseling. I've been able to do that in law firm recruitment and professional development. And now that's, of course, very central to the role that I have as externship faculty. So your position at Denver does sound different than the typical PD or career services role, although I guess it does have some elements of those uh, in it. So tell us a little bit more about your primary responsibilities. Sure. As faculty within the externship program, I, of course, teach and spend a lot of time with curricular design. I also spend a lot of time advising students, both in terms of identifying potential externship opportunities, but also in terms of guidance as they are completing those externships. I also do spend a lot of time out in the community, both through the PDC, through now connecting with PD and recruitment professionals nationwide. I spend a lot of time talking with supervisors in our program and also prospective supervisors in our program. One other thing that I do is I am now partnering with the Institute for the Advancement of the American Legal System, or IELTS, which is an independent research group that's based on the Denver Law Campus, and it's focused on innovation in the legal profession. So they cover Um, judicial reform, they cover social justice reform, access to justice initiatives, but also a project that I'm working on that I can talk about later called the Foundations for Practice Project. Oh, great. That'd be really interesting. Um, So they're also on the the campus at Denver as well. Um, And Denver Law does have a reputation for uniqueness uh, in its approach to skill development, uh, particularly for its students. Uh, So what, what does make your program notable? Well, we have one of the largest externship programs in the country, and we cover 
any practice setting imaginable. Uh, that includes both public sector and private sector. And notably, we are one of very few schools that does allow students to earn academic credit in law firms and in-house. What's interesting is that year on year, we have a pretty even distribution between public and private within our law school. About 45% of students are in the public sector, 45% in private, and then the rest in judicial. And we regularly have over 150 students every fall and spring in our externship program, and over 200 every summer. This past summer, we had 230. Uh, Denver Law has what we've termed the experiential advantage in their curricular focus, which means that students can have meaningful opportunities to complete externships, uh, clinical work, and then also they can participate in simulation courses. And just an anecdote is that I also sit on our school's admissions committee, and we often have students explaining to us that they are choosing Denver Law because of this experiential focus which means that they're already very self-directed and focused on getting practical experience before they've even started law school. So that's great. So they, they really, in a, in a sense, almost self-select for the nature of this program. Uh, so that I'm sure that's helpful. But, you know, given the current environment, mostly work from home or learn from home uh, in this global pandemic, uh, how have you shifted your approach to continue to build skills and offer experiential learning opportunities? We have been very nimble this year, as have a lot of law schools and employers. Now, I'm very fortunate in that I'm able to cover PD from the faculty side, which means that no matter what, if the student is in an externship, they are in a graded you know, credit-bearing seminar focusing specifically on practice management techniques and uh, navigational guidance for the setting that they are in. So what I'm able to do as faculty each semester is to tailor that seminar to current market realities. So this summer, students were externing remotely for the first time. And so the seminar was really centered around practice management techniques for the remote work environment. This fall, we are continuing that, but we're going to have more of a focus on feedback in particular, because that's an area that students and supervisors identified from the summer as being more challenging in the remote environment. But broadly speaking, the benefit of addressing this from the faculty side is that it's credit bearing, um, it puts professional development on equal footing as other doctrinal courses, and we can be nimble and respond to the moment that we are in and prepare students for what's ahead. Can you give some examples of like some of the specific lessons you may have learned trying to incorporate remote uh, externship into the curriculum and uh, uh, you know, in some sense, what, what's worked and what, maybe what hasn't, as we've all have been through some periods of trial and error as right. we've gone through this unique environment. Right. Well, we really tried to get out in front of this this spring, and we led a training for supervisors on best practices for remote supervision. We had over 500 registrants for that. And to complement that, we developed a guide for our externs, uh, best practices for externing remotely. So before the students and supervisors even came together in the remote context, we tried to put together some best practices and tips for them. Uh, on the employer side, the supervisor side this summer, I think that in light of the market circumstances, they were a little worried that there might not be enough work for externs. And so, 
they may have front loaded a bit too much in terms of independent research projects. But what we found out is that there actually was a lot of meaningful substantive work for the students to complete this summer. Um, on the student side of things, I think they found that they needed to be more self-directed than they otherwise would have. They couldn't really just sit passively at their laptop and wait for their supervisor to reach out to them because it might be a little out of sight, out of mind. And um, so we did a lot of conversation around how do, you <laughs> how do you initiate a conversation with your supervisor in this remote environment acknowledging that it might feel a little bit uncomfortable you don't want to feel like a pest but you just don't have the benefit of walking the hallways and saying hi at the water cooler that you might otherwise have yeah that's a very good point how do you initiate uh uh the interactions uh in this new environment and and also you you touched on the subject of feedback too which is never a, an easy subject but uh you know, it's been my experience that particularly this generation of lawyers really does want feedback, and uh, and in fact, it's a it's a it's a missed opportunity on the firm side if they're if they're not providing it. Uh, but it's it's but it's it's not easy. So it, now, with the new complication of remoteness, how 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 have you been able to address that? Right. Well, and and candidly, that wasn't something that I thought was going to be very problematic when we started the remote arrangement over the summer. But we started hearing from students that they just weren't getting that regular feedback. And that's even from supervisors who traditionally have been very forthcoming with feedback. And I think part of that is, again, just not passing that person in the hallway, not having that organic connection that would typically happen if you are in person. So with my students, I'm doing some exercises around soliciting feedback. How can you ask for feedback? Uh, we ask students in their mid-semester evaluations to describe the types of feedback that they're getting. And then I can always provide some tips for them individually. I can follow up with supervisors. But I'll echo what you've said. Every semester when students are weighing in on how their experience went, they talk about feedback as being the, the area where they wish that they had had more. Do you find, is there an emphasis in terms of feedback more on sort of the you know, in the moment type of feedback or, uh, or more, you know, formal structured scheduled uh, feedback session, let's call it. Right, right. Well, I think this, this profession is moving more towards wanting that real time in the moment feedback. And I think that we were making great strides towards that. But I think that that is falling by the wayside, unfortunately, more in the remote environment because you're, it's easier to push aside. Right? You're not necessarily having that in the moment opportunity when you are remote. And so one way that we are trying to facilitate that more is to just have the students uh, seek uh, proactively a standing meeting with their supervisor once or twice a week and to have that be a forum in which they can discuss in more real time that feedback. But as a backstop in our program, we do require that supervisors weigh in on feedback at least twice a semester through our mid-semester evaluation and a final evaluation at the end of the semester. I'm, I'm sure that the students are grateful to get that, and I'm, I'm sure the, the supervisors are pleased to get the guidance uh, along those lines. Uh, I guess my question would be, is, is how, how do you keep current <laughs> and engaged with all these changes uh, I mean, a large part of the focus of your role is in and your past roles in PD at law firms has been bridging the skills gap uh, between law schools and and practice. 
uh, you know, how, how do you how do you take on board what's new, what's the current thinking, you know, that type of thing? Right, right. Well, instantly within the externship context, I'm regularly in contact with supervisors and I'm able to talk to them about what practice is looking like now, what they're spotting as challenges within um, their particular organizations and how they are seeing students distinguish themselves. But outside of the externship context, uh, I'm a member of NALP, I'm a member of the PDC. I regularly attend webinars and this year virtual conferences. I'm also involved with the externship community nationwide, which similarly has conferences and webinar opportunities. I also think this is a perhaps a good opportunity to talk a little bit about my work with IELTS, which is that think tank that's on campus and the project that I'm working on, which is the Foundations for Practice project, which is centered specifically around practice readiness. And as part of my work with IELTS, they bring together focus groups on the employer side and on the law school side to talk about professional development related topics and to talk about hiring related topics all centered around this concept of practice readiness. So that's another way that I do stay connected with current practice and current trends. So that's great. What are you hearing from your colleagues in terms of the big challenges and opportunities in this environment uh, right now? Right. Well, I do think that for better or for worse, we are upending the status quo, not only in terms of traditional hiring practices, but also in terms of being more inclusive as organizations and, and providing more tailored content that will really enable every attorney to be successful. So we are just in a position now where we can rethink how we've done things historically. And that's part of what we're thinking about in terms of IELTS. You know, the Foundations for Practice really was launched to address this practice readiness gap. And what we found is that attorneys were telling us that the success factors for one's early years of practice really center more around their professional competencies and their behavioral traits and characteristics than their substantive legal skills. And those would be built over time. And yet hiring practices historically have continued to be aligned with things like class rank, law school rank. Mm -hmm. So we do have this opportunity now that the traditional OCI is not happening when it might otherwise, when there's a renewed emphasis on more diverse and inclusive um, cultures within these organizations to perhaps hire more for those things and to be able to tease out in these students what competencies and characteristics they bring to the table that would help them be successful at the organization. Uh, what, what would you say prepares the successful law student to become a practice-ready associate? I think that a successful law student is one who is primed for relationship building and the continuing learning that happens after they graduate, because really that is what PD and the practice of law are all about. So it's a student that is not only focused on their academic and substantive skill development, which of course is important, but is also focused on their professional journey that can be self-directed and intentional about the path that's prepared to bring a more holistic set of skills and competencies to practice that mirror what attorneys tell us are success traits for one's early years of practice. Can you comment about students who may be unfamiliar with the law firm environment and uh, 
what should they expect in terms of norms and expectations and how, how do you impart that to them? That's an excellent point. Uh, so many students in our program have not had exposure to the legal profession before. And so as part of my seminar, the guidance that I provide to them is really intended to help create some equity and opportunity and articulate some unspoken or unwritten rules of practice. Uh, and in so doing, I do focus on areas where I think I got it wrong in my first years of practice because I hadn't really had exposure to the legal profession either. And so some of the common areas that I do focus on in terms of articulating that are uh, in terms of check-ins with supervisors. What is expected? What do they want to see from junior learners in this process? Also, uh, we talk about it in terms of time and project management, because often they've never had competing demands on their time like they are in, say, a law firm setting. And so we talk about some best practices and techniques for managing their workload, but also I just provide the assurance that it's normal to feel overwhelmed. When you're in a client-centric environment, you can't control when your clients have needs, and this is just an aspect of practice that attorneys have to grapple with. But I do think that all of these areas are made more challenging in this remote context, particularly for students that haven't previously had exposure to the legal profession, because you just don't have those observation opportunities. You can't watch other lawyers getting their work done when everyone's in a remote context. Are there any sort of tips that you provide that, to your students in terms of uh, communication in this environment or how to best get their message across and uh, or even in terms of prioritization if they do start to feel overwhelmed uh, right. by the workload right well uh, on the communication front uh, the framework that i always use is bluff the bottom line up front and so assuming that the supervisor has a lot of things on their plate and they may also be juggling things at home if they're working remotely, it's really important to be as direct as possible. I think it's important to periodically clue your supervisor in. You know, They may not necessarily know what your schedule is when working remotely. So send an email when you log on, send an email when you log off, periodically provide status updates where you are with your projects, schedule standing meetings so that you can update as to your progress. Uh, in terms of the time management techniques, the, the best technique is really to triage each assignment. And that mirrors something that I struggled with in my first years of practice, which was feeling like, um, as Grover Cleveland would say, the practice of law is like spinning plates. And mm -hmm. you can't effectively spin plates if you don't know what each plate requires. So some are very heavy and they require, a, you know, a really deep dive, a deep push initially. Some are lighter and you can just kind of periodically kind of tap to keep them going. You can't do that unless you know what each assignment is going to require. And so no matter what else you have on your plate, take that time to triage and figure out how that's going to work with everything else you've got going on. Well, that that's really good advice and, and, and really practical. And I think the BLUFF acronym will be very useful uh, for our audience too. So that's interesting. I mean, career paths aren't what they used to be. I mean, when I graduated from law school, uh, you wanted to be recruited into a large law firm. Uh, basically, you would chase the golden ring for seven years and, and, and hope to be made a partner. If that didn't happen, then you really had to do a big think, rethink on, on where you were at. Uh, but now I think, and, and perhaps you would agree or not, uh, that 
students view it differently. You know, they, they may they may look at the large law firm experience as a as a learning opportunity and not necessarily a, a, a rest of life <laughs> uh, career opportunity. Uh, do, do you sense that, that they're, they're more flexible in their view of, of how they want to manage and take responsibility for their own career? I agree with you. And I think that the students now enrolled have seen a lot of movement in the profession, right? They're seeing that people don't necessarily stay at the same organization. And I think that's encouraging for them. And part of what I'm trying to do in the externship realm is not necessarily to prepare them just for one sector of practice. What I'm hoping to foster in them is this understanding that uh, the law is really a service profession. It's centered around relationships. Their ongoing learning is going to flow from their supervisor wherever they may be. And that if they are self-aware and self-directed and client-aware, it's just going to inform them to make educated decisions about their careers and prime them for success wherever their career takes them. I think that's a great, a great thought in, in, in terms of uh, the future for these students as they venture out. Um, into the into the practice world. Uh, with that, I'd like to thank my guest, Kristen Uhl-Hulse of uh, Denver Law for sharing her insights. We look forward to you joining us for another edition of PLI's PD Insider. This is Craig Miller of the Practicing Law Institute. Thank you, be safe, and vote.